are you six months later still using stuff from that course, right? Are you still, uh, have you changed your practice because of that course? How was the after sport? How was everything like that? Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. You know how we always moan that dental education at dental school is kind of letting us down and we come out qualified and we feel underprepared. This episode is kind of moaning not about undergraduate dental education, which I'm actually, I'm not moaning, I want to say, but we're debating, okay, because I've got Drew Shah and Niall Hutchinson. We're debating about the current state of art when it comes to dental CPD or dental CE. So that's continuing education, continued professional development, all the courses that we go on after dental school. There is kind of like a toxic culture, and I, and I spoke about this in the previous uh, episode, Ask Jazz, and this is what uh, sort of stimulated or created this debate, because in that episode, I kind of answered a key question where people are saying, should I do this course, or should I do that course, or this course, because it's a significant investment, and all the reviews are really confusing, I don't know which one to pick. And I kind of said, well, it kind of doesn't matter, because from all these reviews, you're probably you know, very unlikely to go wrong, but then after that episode, I I've had two of the Petrusarati who I really respect and really love. They messaged me and they said, Jazz, I'm really regretting. I'm, I'm sorry, they said, thanks for, for tackling that topic. It's, it's not really spoken about enough. But they said, I'm doing this course. One is a restorative course, very well known in the UK. And the other one is a, is a very well known orthodontic course in the UK. And these two guys, these are like course junkies. They're course connoisseurs. They're no like spring chickens that are just doing their first course. They've done several courses and they reached out to say, you know what, Jazz, you had a point because I kind of went by the hype of this course and the reviews and I'm extremely disappointed after investing probably in five-figure course here we're talking about. So not a cheap course and, and education, you know, is, is worth every penny, I think. And we can go on and on talk about value and the importance of implementation to gain the most out of courses. But essentially, these two guys who are a really great dentist, they were left disappointed. And I think that stems from the fact that whenever we search about uh, reviews of courses, is we always hear that this course is amazing, that course is amazing, this course is life-changing. So how do you know which one to pick? The way I think about it, everything in life, everything in life, okay, that's the, the quality of dental care that we give or the quality of the lawyers or teachers or the quality of food that's out there in the world. Like, is everything follows a bell curve. There's most of it, which is average and maybe above average, and then there's a 5% outliers on either side, which are just abysmal and just absolutely awesome. But when you read the reviews for courses, apparently every single course is damn awesome. Uh, and so it becomes very difficult to pick. So I, you know, where are the, the course reviews that say this was a solid 7 out of 10? Well, there's a reason those course reviews don't exist because of the culture that exists that people are afraid to give reviews which are less than 10 out of 10 because it's a small world in dentistry uh, and we are afraid to be ostracized. We are afraid to get backlash from educators. Maybe the real reviews are exchanged at 2 a.m. at the bar in confidence, looking over your shoulder. Is anyone, is anyone listening? Yeah, that course? Yeah, it wasn't as good as I, as I said on Instagram, right? So this is the kind of debate we're having. A little bit controversial. It's funny how this episode came 
came to be. This was like a random impromptu Friday Night Live episode recording that we did. And one of my guests, Niall, he is actually in the car driving. So for those of you watching, you, you won't actually get to see much. You'll see the pitch black. But for, for those listening, you'll gain a lot of value from this. It's a, quite a stimulating debate. It's quite different from what I usually put out, I guess. But this is an interference cast. It's like a kind of like a non-clinical interruption. Ultimately, this is completely unscripted and straight from the heart. If you do, for some reason, want to see the video of this episode, I put it as unlisted on YouTube, which means that you can't actually search for it. You have to go on the protrusive.co.uk website to access the video. Why? Because this is kind of the, the kind of themes that we discuss are not relevant for patients, and I don't want patients to, to come across this. And one of the best things that to come from this chat, from this episode, is the birth of a Facebook group, which I shall not name, and I'll explain why in a moment. But this Facebook group um, was created by Niall, one of my guests, based on the conversations that we had. Literally, the next morning, Niall set this up. And so a safe place for dentists and colleagues to post their mistakes because we learn so much from our mistakes. So it's all about creating a safe environment where we can learn from each other's mistakes. It's a completely different and unique type of learning. And the reason I'm not giving you a, hey, join our group, here's a link kind of thing is because I want to create friction. I want to make it difficult for you to join this group so that only the right eyes and the right hearts join this group. What I mean by that is I don't want people to join this group because they want to see all the perforations that I've done, all the interproximal elbows that I never prepped for veneers and I, I share those on the group so far uh, and it's not a place for us to come and laugh at our colleagues even though you can uh, anonymously post and that's fine you know you can share your stories you can share your communication errors you can share uh, clinical mistakes and whatnot in a safe environment but part of the way that this is a safe environment is that not anyone can just join willy-nilly so if you join the protrusive dental community Facebook group first and, and find that then you can find a link to, to join this group and even then it's no like direct link you have to comment and then uh, one of my colleagues Chris L she will fact check you she will like do an ID check on you she will stalk you online to make sure who you are who you say you are you're actually a dental colleague and then you'll get accepted what this does is it creates a very safe environment for us to share our mistakes so it's, it's a great wonderful beautiful thing that formed as a result of this episode so I hope you enjoy this episode uh, eye-opening fascinating controversial maybe and I'll catch you in the outro Welcome to the first ever Friday Night Live Protrusive Dental Podcast with another first ever guest. Niall Hutchinson is not not with his red wine. I'm the one with the red wine. We switch roles. He's driving. My first ever driving guest. Uh, and of course, a veteran to the podcast, uh, Drew. Uh, how are you both? First, I'll start with Niall. Niall, how are you, mate? Oh, very well, thank you. Very well. Been a busy week, but yeah, fantastic. Thank you. I, I'm so, again, like I said, uh, the, before we start recording, I'm really gutted that you won't have your red wine with you, but you said you're recording with Payman and you're going to do that uh, podcast with red wine. So we're very much looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, coming up. Coming. He, to he might cut in and out. So we'll have to just, uh, uh, yeah, as and when Niall comes in. Drew, how are you, mate? Uh, great, I'm great. How are you? Welcome. I think it's uh, nice to be back, actually. Mate, you're always a, always, a, a, a welcome guest. Uh, and uh, obviously, I've got your juices flowing today. So it's going to set some context because some people, uh, Niall, you, you got, <laughs> you, you, um, your connection dropped for, uh, for a bit, but now you're back. So great to have you back. Guys, he's actually driving. So those listening in the future, I have a driving guest. This is pretty cool. It's pretty uh, funny, funny for me, actually. So let me just set some context, guys, before we just uh, start picking your brains. The context is... Earlier today or yesterday, I've, I've lost track of time. Uh, last night, 
I published an episode, Ask Jazz, uh, number two, and the first question on that one was, should I do, uh, I'm confused, young dentist, should I do the Paul Tipton course? Should I do the Chris Orr course? Should I do um, the Richard Porter Aspire course? This is like up there in, in the questions, like the most common questions we get along with which indemnity provider and uh, which composite heater, et cetera, et cetera, right? So really common question. And uh, these mini episodes that I make, they're completely unscripted. So I just went off in a ramble and I, and I said, you know what? There is a toxic culture that you're always going to be flooded with positive reviews. And because we're all nice to each other, well, I, I believe that, I, okay, I want to believe that there's a niceness in us. There's a fuzzy niceness in us. And that's why we don't post negative, negative shit about each other because that's a good thing. We don't want to be you know, negative and defaming people. However, there's a fine line about bad experiences and, 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 and people making decisions based on social media hype when it comes to courses. And so I posted that on Facebook and you guys uh, jumped in. So uh, I'll go first with you, Drew. You've, been, um, uh, ha you've had a number of hours now to reflect on this very controversial post, um, where do you think we're at? Just, just, just no. summarize, summarize situation, the landscape in your words. What's, uh, what's the filter? Um, listen, I, I personally think that uh, we've seen um, an explosion of courses in the last few years. Uh, when I, when I pretty much started two wheels, I don't know, ten, uh, well, thirteen years ago. But when we properly went into the education side, away from the forums, it would have been about 10 or 12 years. And at that point, the real problem was the lack of uh, information and the lack of, you know, the, the, the education being out there. And I've been saying it for the last few years. We no longer have a lack of information and education anymore. Overload. We now have a lack of attention and focus to doing what's specific. And where we are now is that, uh, yeah, there's just... There's more courses than we can, you know, the, the, I mean, I, I see the amount of courses going up and, and actually there's, there's a lot to think about there. N Niall, what about, what about you, my friend? What, uh, um, what's the landscape in terms of your thoughts on that post? Um, yeah, I agree with you entirely. I, 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 in fact, it made me think, why hasn't somebody produced a independent review site where, where you can anonymously... The problem is with, you know, you get these feedback forms uh, at the end of the course or you get the video in the middle of the course or the course hasn't even finished. And you're sort of being, oh, come up and say a few words to the video. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and you've got no choice but to be nice. You know, really haven't. And I can tell you there's two or three courses I've been on uh, not uh, over the last few years where they have been frankly shit. And um, they uh, and expensive courses as well. And I, I filled in the feedback form saying basically this is, you don't want to put this as shit, but you go, well, you know, this, that, and the other, totally ignored. And, uh, no, no, you know, what it is, right, is if it was a good actually, course, an okay uh, course, you give it a five. If it was shit, yeah. you give it a four. Yeah, actually, exactly. That's saying that, that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to intervene there. Because uh, yeah. we've had a couple of, uh, uh, you know, even Congress, we've we've had feedback where, uh, we've had to take things on board and take it on the chin. And I'm quite happy to say this, but actually, um, you know, one of the congresses, we had someone go, this is the worst course I've ever been on in 30 plus careers. And I thought, wow. And actually our team broke down in tears. But the truth of the matter is we appreciate honest feedback. And, and we personally went to this person and found out what exactly are the things that didn't work out for them. We've had this a handful of times, but I, I think uh, the feedback forms have got to be honest reviews. But you can only give honest reviews as a delegate on the feedback form if you trust the course provider. That's why mm. we can get the honest feedback that we get, because they trust us to follow it up, to action on it, to change it. I mean, every person who's come back, 
with any kind of feedback, have actually said, I'm coming back to the next Congress. And so one person has turned up three times after the first negative review and, and seen those changes. And, and that's the power of reviews if you do them properly. But there's not re reviews. Those are feedback, understandably. Um, yeah. The problem is, I think you, you, you pointed out, there's this sort of uh, FOMO herd mentality at the moment, you know, where everybody goes, oh, I've got to go on so-and-so's course. I've got to do this course. I've got to do that. Now, it may be that just it's, uh, you know, not a great course, but everybody just seems to want to do it at the moment. You know, I can think of a few course providers that are a bit like that at the moment, that everybody wants to do it. But uh, equally well, the, the thing is, I know people trust you, Drew, but you had one negative feedback. It's a bit like getting one patient ringing up and complaining about you. How many have left quietly, uh, you know, because they didn't quite trust you or didn't, didn't felt awkward to actually give you what they were really thinking? Um, I, I personally think there's more of a scope for actually more of a, an anonymous field, which, you know, uh, where where the feedback could be given in an anonymous way away from the course, maybe just after the course or whatever. Uh, and then I think people would actually probably be more honest about what they've thought in the course about the course. I think that's that's I agree with that, but I'm not a fan of anonymous because um, anonymous means you're hiding behind a wall and, and doing things. And the truth of the matter is that both parties have to build enough trust with each other to be able to do that. I would want a patient in the same way that, that, that I, in dentistry, I don't want a patient complaining anonymously. My patients trust me enough to know that they've got a problem, they've got a concern, they've got anything. I am approachable enough for them to tell me what I need to. So maybe there's an issue here about how we operate with our communication in dentistry generally, you know, and and, and most course providers are dental providers and, and communication and trust building is one of the most powerful psychological tools. Now that puts a question out there straight away, away from reviews. How many course providers think about or, and learn about communication, psychology, human you know, thought processes, behavior processes to create the conditions that allow that honest communication to happen. Yeah, That's I, another interesting question to put out there. Uh, yeah, I, I, the problem is, I think <laughs> Go on. The, the dentistry is a small community, all right? Uh, and there are a few, uh, mm. let's not get into the dentistry yeah. top 50 again, but there are a few people who have, uh, who have quite... <laughs> Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We work so hard on this Protrusive team, and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. Strong, let's say strong, strong opinions of themselves, you know, that they re really do. And as a result, and don't forget that courses bring in an awful lot of money. Um, they are much more profitable than any dentistry would ever be, all right, uh, on a daily or an hourly basis or whatever way you call it. So they are very keen to keep the, these courses going and people coming in. And I think people go, well, A, it's a bit like the Emperor's New Clothes. You know, for some of them, uh, it's like, oh, everybody else thinks they're brilliant. Look, everybody else is saying they're brilliant. 
and you're the one that's scared to come yeah. out and go, oh, no, they're actually a bit shit. Uh, you know, at the end, and I thought it was a bit, yeah. you know, and equally well, they can be very strong egos, these people who run these courses. Actually, to run a course, not no disrespect, Drew, but uh, I mean, I, I even though I've got a quite, a quite strongly opinion, I, I wouldn't run a course. I didn't think I'm good enough to run a course, you know? Um, uh, but um, yeah. there are a lot of them with big egos out there, so people get sort of bullied into sort of said, oh, I don't want to say anything bad because they might they might block me or they might not, you know, I might not be a part of the gang anymore. Yeah. If you know what I mean? So that's why where I come back to anonymous. I, I don't, I agree with you. I don't think it, anonymous is not useful, but if there could be some way of them feeding in that it wasn't anonymous to a central party, but the central party fed the stuff on. Like an independent anonymous. adjudicator. Yes. Yeah. A middleman yep. who so basically says, yes, this is genuine feedback from a genuine person, right? But it gets fed on anonymously. But yeah. I, I would and want I that feedback powerful. to be presented in a balanced way. On the so let's say you go to a course provider page, um, and then that feedback should be like, okay, so from the reviews that we've seen on social media and what we've collected, we find that overall most people have a, a, a you know a good positive experience. Yes. Uh, the few negative we had have focused around the catering. Now, now someone can read that and think, okay, you know what, the catering doesn't matter <laughs> to me, and therefore I'm going to go in this course because this course yeah. is good. But for those people yeah. who for, you know who go to courses for the catering. Then they'll know that okay, this course. I'm just making this up, obviously, just give an example uh, in, in how this could be used. But that is one way to consider it. I think there's, but there's two things to think here, Charles, and, and that level as well for course reviews. And I, I think the important first thing, important bit is that whoever gives a review, good or bad, is giving their meaning of it. Now, as as you're aware, many of the courses we do at Tubeul, some of the lectures we do film them because the lecturers allow us to do it. And then I, I, I distinctly remember there was one um, where the the, the, when we looked at the feedback, the person left some really uh, heavy feedback that the lecturer was not um, polite to me, always obnoxious, whatever it was. I reached out to this person, had a very good chat. I then reviewed the video because the conversation and everything was there just for my feedback to say what's happened here. And there was a total loss of meaning. Lot, to, both ends it had, it was, it was almost like someone had mis, you know, interpreted it in a different way. And so whether it's anonymous or not, or, or, or whether it's a negative or positive review, you have to remember that it's not the most direct interpretation of things that happen on the course. It is the meaning derived for that single person. So that's one of the first things. It's like the restaurant reviews. You want to say it's like restaurant to. reviews, yeah? You can, you yes. know, I do think it's a bit restaurant like restaurant. It's a, bit personal, <clears throat> it's a personal taste involved here. There's a palette involved here. That's right. For palette for education. And so what? There's a palette involved and, and there's a, there's an art form. But then, then you bring the second point where you talked about catering. And so one of the biggest strengths in trying to arrange reviews or, or work out reviews is we've got to have some criteria. And uh, since Niall didn't want to bring out the top 50, it's the same argument I say. What's the criteria, right? It's But the question being, if you build some parameters around which you can make the judgment. Now it's a level playing field within that area. Do you so see? like objective the, the data for like many rules. parameters collected for all the educators. Yes, correct. Then you get a trend. You're never going to get obviouses, right? You get 90 positives, 10 negatives. You get 85 positives, I don't know, 15 negatives, whatever. But then it's not just one course. The other thing to then note is you look at reviews across courses. I'm making this very complicated, I think. But you look at <laughs> reviews across courses. Now you see a trend appearing. And, and in that trend, in that objective criteria, you get a better long-term judgment of what's being derived. 
there's a third factor here. And I think Niles pointed this as well. You go to a course and somebody says, listen, I'm going to, uh, I want a video at the end of this course. Can you give me a testimonial? Yes, that's got value at that point. But the biggest value is the biggest impact of that course is when I go into practice and the changes I make in practice and the results I see of those changes. So one of those criteria is about you do another review and feedback six months, nine mm, months later mm -hmm. and that impact factor. Now it makes sense when that. you had all of these things. What's the trend of things happening here? That's what the key should be. Not, I went on this course last Monday. Here's my five-star review, which is brilliant because you're writing on the emotions of that course. You will mm -hmm. write something positive. It takes a long time for the emotions. And you don't get to factor in the after support judgment. as well for cases and, and, and mentorship uh, thereafter, which is also really crucial for, uh, for courses. Absolutely correct. All of these things bring into the review system that we need to think about. Sorry, I've rambled on. I, no, it's good. Your turn. It's good. No, Mal, any points? Because I had a point to make, but I just want to see, hear you out. The, but the, the problem is with giving the, the, the thing about giving feedback uh, uh, on the day is there is this sort of fear factor or bullying factor or whatever you want to call it, or even just put it in a positive way, exuberation, exuberance factor, you know, that you're going, oh, fantastic, brilliant, loved it, you know, really nice day, really enjoyed it, so I'm going to give a brilliant review. You're absolutely bang on right. Are you six months later still using stuff from that course, right? Are you still, uh, have you changed your practice because of that course? How was the after support? How was everything like that? I must admit, it's interesting to hear you say, Drew, that when you give, got negative feedback, you chased up. The two times the two that I've given negative feedback in courses, never contacted at all. Not interested. Now, of course, that made my opinion of them even worse. But, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 mm -hmm. I, I think the problem is it's far too easy. We see quite often on social media people with photos of their feedback forms going, oh, look at all this brilliant feedback I got on my course, you know. And you go, yeah, but that's not really mean that much, does it? You sort of semi-bullied them into that, haven't you, at the end of the day? But, yeah. but there's, there's another point here as well, Niall, that it's, it's they're showing the feedback, but actually I want – uh, you, you almost want to know, not from the course provider, but you want to know it from the the person itself about how that course met their learning needs. That's a, a slightly different, isn't it, about who's actually showing that feedback? Because the course provider will show you the feedback. And, and same with us at Tubules. I mean, uh, you know, course provider showing that feedback. Look how amazing we are. Yeah, clap for me, please. But actually, the real bit has to be the real impact of a course is when the person who went on that course tells you how it's changed their practice. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And, and, and uh, 100%. How it's made it better for you, how it made it either work easier, more profitable, whatever way, whatever quality you got out of it, you know. And that, and that, is it still there in three months, six months? I mean, uh, you know, uh, there, are, there are courses I have done, yes, that has totally changed my practice. There are courses I have done where I went, you know what, it was the CPDRs, and I ultimately <laughs> hasn't changed anything at all. Uh, and and the, the thing also I find at the moment, do you not think courses have got ridiculously expensive? Mm -hmm. uh, no. No. I'll tell you why. Why? Because okay, okay. Um, we run courses all the time. Yes. And, um, you know, the, the gen, genuine cost of elements has gone up. Now, we, we run courses at such a way that we try and limit the amount uh, the companies have to just give as, as equipment or materials. Tubules, we buy as much as we can simply because we don't want to think that uh, there's influence of, of, of uh, companies or anything like that. Companies do come and support it, but we buy as much as materials. 
But the cost, whether it's Brexit, inflation, I don't know what it is, but the cost is generally high. By the time you include speaker fee, the venue fee, okay, we, we've probably, I mean, Jazz, you've probably come to some of the courses, you know, the hot food we like to give or whatever. <laughs> we, we almost make it personally yours, perhaps because the numbers we keep small. It might be all of this, but actually the genuine costs of just event management have shot up massively. Plus, plus VAT, I just want to add, yeah, um, VAT. just want to add that in there, yeah? Yeah. There is yeah, that yeah. exists. VAT. Just because it does it for dentists, it does um, for, for the other way, flip, flip way around. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this episode has just been dedicated to Bav Kaira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, 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 yes, uh, you're right. Uh, no, is it VAT included? Of course, you have to charge VAT. In, is it in the, in the course fee VAT, is it? We put it in the course fee as a yeah. vet registered company. We, we just put it in the course fee. It's included. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, you're right. I mean, Jazz, you've you've had the same experience, I suppose. The, the costs have just shot through the roof. Look, it's a little bit different in the way that uh, a lot of the stuff I do is online as well, uh, which which helps keeps costs yeah. lower, right? Uh, but ultimately, yeah. the, it's what it what it what it costs uh, the educators, especially for community based like, like what I run, is mentorship thereafter and being there for everyone and dedicating time and, and, and that's that's something that's really important for, for courses but the, but the main reason to, to I guess again, uh, have you guys on tonight is to see if we can come up with some sort of a, a solution now, Drew you've offered some ideas now you've offered some ideas probably the best one that I saw in on the Facebook group was someone who suggested uh, and I'm so sorry I, I have my phone's over there and I, I, I can't go find exactly who it was who suggested this but some sort of a website or a group where you get to see the course name, a little bit about the course, but you don't get to see the reviews or whatever, but you get to see who has attended that course. And the people who have attended, they give permission. That, okay, you know, you can see that I've been on this course. And then you might say, oh, you know what? I went to dental school with this person like, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, I trust this person. They're similar to me. Let me message them and get their um, you know, sort of uh, advice on how it was. And they can uh, independently, without the course organizer knowing what they exchange, give their, okay, you know what? It was good. Uh, I found this useful, but the support hasn't been as good, but um, it's definitely better than the other course I did. Like they can give some real good advice, which when you ask on a big public forum like on Facebook you're just going to get mm. flooded with positive uh, uh, feedback and the negative feedback will probably be private messaged yeah you know that, that I thought that was an excellent idea I must admit I, I do think that some there, there does need to be some sort of independent you know um, forum where people can find out more about courses because it is just too biased towards nothing but positive reviews and we've all, I mean, Jazz, you must have been on some courses that you thought, God, this was a bit shit. Have you, have you been yeah. on courses? Yeah. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Because yeah. it's and only because I critique the education very seriously. Uh, and, and I always think of it as, uh, okay, the, the, the learning points, the how can I apply this on Monday morning? That's a mindset um, I, I come from. So when I find that when I've been on some, um, you know, five figure, is it five figures? Yeah, five figure courses. Uh, and I feel as though the support wasn't there thereafter, or uh, I regret. You know, you get like, yeah, I know there's buyer's remorse when you're buying material things. But when it comes to, to knowledge, I don't think you can ever regret it because knowledge is knowledge. is always a good thing. But when it, but back to Drew's point, if you don't get to implement it because of whatever reason, i.e. the mentorship, the support wasn't there or the way that the course was delivered to you. Um, and, you know, on this point, the way the course was delivered to you was it was teachable. And people always educators say, you know what, I designed this course to be teachable. That doesn't mean anything to me as a learner. I want the course to be learnable. It should be about learnability, not teachability. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, I, I, but I, I think, think you're spot on. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Go I on think now. what Drew said earlier about communication. I think what you mean is almost people need to be taught how to teach. Course, people, anybody can throw on a course at the moment. 
I mean, I could throw in a course. It'd be awful. But oh, it'd be brilliant, the... mate. It'd be so much red wine. It'd be like all the different varieties. Yeah, be... I, I, I would actually do, and I, I would definitely go to yours, mate. It'd be fantastic. I tell you, on my course, bloody catering would be amazing. It would be Guinness on tap. <laughs> but no, but seriously, but anybody can throw in a course. It doesn't mean they can bloody teach. Mm. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day. Yes. Uh, and that's a big issue. I mean, how many, I mean, I don't know if you've got any, your, your kids aren't old enough, probably, guys, but my kids have been through university. They've both been to Durham and Imperial, so good universities. What was their main complaint? Half the lecturers couldn't teach. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's the same yeah. industry. Half of them can't teach. So they're charging sometimes 800, 900 quid for a day course, but they can't actually teach. 100% agree. Uh, I, I my, my, my wife is doing a, a master's. I'm not going to say which one or where. Uh, and I get to uh, <laughs> sit in on some of these webinars that she goes to. And I'm like, yeah. this is death by this is death by PowerPoint. These are specialists yeah. teaching her. This is death by PowerPoint. This is not yeah. acceptable. And I completely agree with you. I mean, yeah, we yeah. don't agree with uh, b- bullets knocking people out and people try and do this with bullet points. It just doesn't work, really. I think we have to. But there's something big here. And uh, again, I take it step back because uh, we, we introduced a really strict QA form uh, on tubules for every course now to approve. Well, we've had it for a couple, three years now. The QA form is 13 pages long. So anybody who wants to run a course with us has to go through this QA form. And in that, Nile, we actually you know, ask questions like, does your course actually identify the learner's needs before they arrive on your course? We ask things like, uh, does this course, um, you know, what's the teaching experience of the uh, educators? But also, what is the presentation experience or what is the experience of the educator in terms of having delivered this kind of teaching? It's surprising the variability you get. And one of the biggest things, as you say, if you can do dentistry and you want to translate that knowledge, doesn't mean you can teach. You can you can share facts, but sharing your experience so that somebody can take that experience and 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 you know supercharge what they've done, that takes a that, that takes some serious skill. Yeah. And there are some very good don't get me wrong, there are some very good educators out there, some very good teachers. Um, but they tend to be the ones who've gone maybe done more advanced degrees. They're not just a simple BDS. Uh, they've gone through um, maybe a level at hospital or at university, you know, up the le- so they've you know, learned how to lecture through that. Um, I, I, you know, there are, but there are, and there are, I have been some courses that the education has been absolutely brilliant. The teaching has been absolutely brilliant. I've just been on far too many where you're going, yeah, you're just flicking slides up basically and that's all you're doing you know it's a bit it's a bit and 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 this speaks another bit it's about how you interact and engage um the speaker so to to answer your question jazz about how can you make this really usable i think look factor one has to be uh you know you can talk to somebody who you know trust to give you the information Drew, I'm going to stop you there because you mentioned something earlier on on Facebook, which I I think is really um, worth Uh mentioning now, is that the only person who can really give you the best opinion is the guy who's been on both uh, Aspire and Tipton and Richard, you know, and Chris Orr. The guy who's been Mm. on all three Mm. is in the best position. But that that guy's a unicorn, right? Uh, There's only two people in in the whole world that come close. It's Mohamed Shajil, if you know him. He's been on every single course in the world. Uh, And course connoisseur, Anya Sianska. These two people, if if they say things good or bad believe them okay everyone else well it depends have they have they experienced have they tasted the other educators just bear that in mind uh, based on the point you just said 
Yeah, I think that's that's really important because nobody can compare it. And then people say this is the best course I've ever been on. I go compared to what? Um, and and but this is look, we've got to flip the game. I'm going to play this differently and to say the flip the game in the sense that millions of courses out there. Somebody turns up and goes, I want to go on a. I'm going to use an example. I want to go on a prep course, and you see the same. Oh, this course is excellent, and the same name popping up. Now the first cynic in me says, same names popping up in this thread. Is it being happened out of genuine will or is there a back-end private group pushing this? And that's the cynic in me saying this. But but that's because the course has been going. What we have to do is that the learner themselves have to realize, not just improving cron preps, actually figure out what specific part of the preps they want to improve and how are they going to learn best. What's the best learning for them? Is it interactive workshops, group lectures and find a course that fits that, right? That's that's a level of intelligence you need because forget course reviews. You will always get a good review when these factors connect in, in life. If my, if the, you know, what I want to learn from a course and what you want to learn from a course, Jazz, and what you learn to learn from a course, Nile, is completely different. Our experiences, our concepts, but, but, okay, but knowledge, okay, okay, let's just make different. it really tangible here. I want to learn cram preps, okay? I go on Facebook, yeah. I go on Four Dentists by Dentists, I type in uh, cram prep course, okay? Uh, and every thread I go on, it will have the same names over and over again. I'm still none the wiser. I don't know who to choose. All right. No, so uh, exactly. I, I, help me. Who am I going to choose? Your course, one, your question has to be a lot smarter. It has to be not just ground prep course. It has to be, I want to go on a course that improves these aspects because you've got to have, as a, as a learner, you've got to have that much insight to know what you want to improve and how you want to improve it. And two, I learn like this. Now you put those questions out there and then say, does this course actually give these specific details of the way I learn mm -hmm. and what I want to learn? So that's not just this course is right. excellent. How does this course deliver these things? That helps you make a better informed decision. Don't we talk about informed consent all day long? But the informed decision becomes very important here because that is powerful. The second thing I've also learned. Let's just go, get, let's now, go from Nile in terms something. of that point. Nile, any any uh, insight onto choosing that crown prep course as an example? Or what you were saying was that what's interesting about that though. The problem is you you you've got you pick out a learner who has got some insight to what's wrong with them, but quite often the learners don't know what they don't know. So what they're doing is they're going, I want to get better at crowns. Mm -hmm. I really don't know what I don't know. It's not sometimes until you go on the course. An example I did, I. I um, I'm driving home from doing a Botox clinic. That's why I'm sort of uh, driving home. Uh, and I did Botox, started doing it 12 years ago. I went on a general course. I didn't know anything about it. I then went back and did a very specific course because I worked out what I didn't know. The problem is coming out of dental school when they're young, they don't know what they don't know. They've done bugger all nowadays in dental school. So for them to, at the very start, that they, they, they don't know what they don't know. So therefore, uh, you know, it is still difficult for them to choose. And I think, uh, you know, uh, well, you put your second point there, Drew, what you're going to say. No, I was only on that point, what you were going to say. I say one of the biggest things the learners need to do is develop that art. Now, I will talk about the four P's of growth. And one of those P's is people. And, and what I say is you don't know what you don't know because you interact with people on what course I should choose. Instead, maybe you should take a step back and interact with trusted people to put your um, the stuff you've done out there and say, here's a cram prep I've done. What do you think? Get objective, useful feedback 
from people who you tr who you trust and who you know can give it to you the right people the right process the right way to give you the feedback to for you to understand what you don't know and that's you know i mean i say it about study clubs that's where study clubs are important or whatever should, should we have instead of having showcasing i know this is said again uh, you know, you go on and mm. you showcase all the brilliant work that's done, especially all the composites that have been touched up with um, with uh, Photoshop after afterwards. <laughs> uh, they um, no, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Um, they, no, but seriously, should we really have a shit dentistry Facebook page? You know, this is <laughs> uh, you know, this is my yeah. cock, up, cock up of the day. You know, yeah. uh, you know, experienced dentists going, oh, look what went wrong here. You know, or my, you know. Uh, uh, whatever. Uh, the problem yeah. is, people get put off. You say well, they should put out what they've done. I mean, even I, as a, I'm 35 years a dentist, even I am scared to put photos up of my crime preps or of my this or of my that, because I'm looking at some of the stuff on there and going, God no, Jesus Christ, I'll just get ripped to shreds over this. You know, at the mm. end of the day, uh, uh, you know, uh, it is scary to put that out there. Do we need to get some more comfortable environment? where people can put them out there and it will be soft. Yeah. A bit like the Definitely. You know it, it, that environment, it, 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 yeah, it, it's not Instagram, firstly. That, that's not the right environment, but let's create that environment because I, I love what you said there. We should have a, a, a shit dentistry page where we can, there's no humble brags. You just post your cock up and that'll make everyone feel like, you know what, um, it, it, we're, we're all on the level playing. We all make mistakes and I think we need to, to yeah. have that. And it reminded me, five days ago, someone posted on one of the dental groups. Um, I don't know if you, you must have seen this, both of you, some IPR that was done that was on a lower incisor and and it went um, it pretty much went into the lower incisor, probably a millimetre and a half, two millimetres shy of the pulp. Okay, and what I love about this dentist who posted this is that a that takes that takes balls to post that. Firstly, b they said, look, I already they said in the in the post they said I already feel really bad about what I've done, so please you know just leave me alone. I like help me, don't you know don't don't ridicule me, help me. And I just love that because it was so real. It was like you know what I cocked yeah. up, I admit it. I just want to fix this. What do I have to do? And even more than that, I loved everyone's replies. There was no animosity. There was no one like what the hell were you thinking? It was like okay, don't worry, get the aligner, fill it with composite. You know, let's fix this. And well done for posting, and well done for sharing. And we need more of that. Well, we need more of that, and 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 but and we and that was that was brave of him to come out on a, or her. Uh, I saw the post on a public forum, but we really need, and this is why I keep saying we need peer review groups, trusted groups of small groups of people who really can talk to each other. Today, I feel shit. I can pick the phone up to somebody and say, "Listen, I need help." That trusted group actually then understands you at a deeper enough level to recommend the right course to you if that makes sense, because they know not just where you cock up or where you've needed help. They know who the person you are. And in fact, there's a good chance that perhaps a jazz here, the whole group will end up on the same course because they share the same concerns and troubles. Yeah. And now you're getting more powerful delivery of courses, possibly. The, the, the best thing that's yeah. happened from this conversation, guys, uh, I, I really enjoy talking to you. Go, go wrap up now. It's a cool night. But the best thing that's happened, Niall, I love your suggestion. Let's do it. Let's make it. Let's all three be admins and whatnot. Let's let's make a group. We can call it something other than shit dentistry, yeah. uh, you know, oops dentistry or whatever, like some some sort of a page yeah. where, I, you know what? I don't let's think, just post, um, your, post your cock-ups. It's cool. You can do it anonymously. Yeah. You can do it as yourself. It doesn't matter. Let's just uh, yeah. love and respect uh, that we all make mistakes. And, and, I, and I thank you, Niall, for coming yeah. up with that idea.
thanks. I'll see you. Thank you for inviting me. See you. See you. Take care, my friend. Take you. Thanks for joining us. Drew, thanks again. It's a school night for me. I'm at work, so we're going to call it a day. But Drew, any final points, my friend, uh, before we say goodnight to everyone uh, and everyone has a lovely weekend, hopefully. Any final points, mate? I think we've uh, looked at most of these things, but for the younger graduates, my my main point is suppose one last thing to add here is I read and, and I use an example of a book. I read this book, um, and if anyone has no name, it's called The Long Game by Dory Clark. And I read this book a year ago, and just straight after I read Simon Sinek's um, Infinite Thinking, um, the the Infinite Game. Infinite Game. Interestingly, both of the books were brilliant last year. Since then, I've fired through lots of books, and um, I went back to these two books. And by the way, when I read books, I <laughs> read the same book about three times before I move on. I went to those two books last week and uh, finished them. And the biggest thing that came out of me was, have I read these books before? It's So it's almost think about, I've been on a course, and then I've done other dentistry, and I've done everything. And then I've been on a course again. And so I thought, really? Was this the same course I was on? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing is what you've done in between and how you've applied a lot of that stuff and how you change your thinking, how your concept changed. Now, I think... Anything that you do, whichever course you choose, however you do reviews, end of the day, you, the person, the biggest learning is the application of how you do it and how you change concepts. So you've got to apply, think and reflect until you don't do that yourself, no matter what number of reviews and websites and crap turns out there, that's not going to change your growth. To me, that's the important part here. Well said, Drew. And that reminded me of a story, just a real quick one. A chap called Asif Saeed, very charismatic uh, bloke, good public speaker, runs his private little courses, doesn't really advertise so much, but I went on one of his uh, evening lectures and he told me about a story about how he reads the same book every year. The one book for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, he's been reading that same book every year. And every mm-hmm. year he reads that same book. The book is always the same. He has changed every year. And what he gets from that book, and, and, and it's right. almost, just like you said, it's almost as if he's read a different book. Now, how can we apply that to what we're talking, that you have to think about where you are in your journey, what is going yeah. to propel you forward, and it might not be the same course as what your friend or your colleague's thinking of doing or your principal's thinking of doing. So you will maybe gain from a course in a completely different way to someone else. So I guess what I'm trying to say is trust in the process. doesn't mean you give up courses. But maybe ask your colleagues what they found. Find someone similar to you with a similar learning needs to get the best idea, I guess. Yeah. And again, that's where that idea of, a, of some sort of a website or, or, or directory. Now, just to give a plug to everyone, Chris Waith had a fantastic comment on the Facebook group. Please read it. Malveen Jandu uh, has already got, a, 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 I think, a company name or a website name, which is called Witch Dental, to help people figure this kind of thing out. There was also Dental Careers Guide. So lots of people messaged me and even private messaged me saying, you know what, I've, a lot of people have had this thought before. It wasn't just me rambling today it wasn't yeah. you before a lot of people have had this thought before that wouldn't it be nice to have a website where we can collect data that truly reflects the the, the course provider but not only that because it's not about the course provider it's about navigating that confused dentist who still doesn't know whether he should do Chris or Richard Porter uh, or Tipton or whatever okay so I don't know if that's going to help the navigate the right person towards where they need to be and maybe it doesn't even matter I don't know in these big courses I don't know but it is a shame when I had a message today based on yesterday episode from a dentist who spent five figures on a orthodontic related course I cannot say his name because if I do then people will figure out which course is on and he was like you know what I really regret this because when they were talking about topic A there were no visuals and I'm a very visual learner this is a real thing I'm not making this is a real thing 
and yeah. they were really gutted about their their, their learning experience, uh, despite the hype yeah. on social media about this course. So, how do we protect people from falling into a course which so is that's, not that's suited to their learning? So that's going back to what need? I said earlier. Yep, yep. What's your need? How do you learn? Yep. It's, you, you, that's you, it. Someone had asked that question and said, I'm a visual learner. How do I do this? Wouldn't it work? Yeah, but that's fine, so Drew. But how do, you, how do you suss factors. out? How do you suss out? Which course is better for visual learners? Which course is better for that? We, we don't have that because when you go on Facebook, oh, objective yeah, this course feedback. is the best. This course is the best. We need objective yeah. feedback that is um, repeatable uh, and uh, uh, I, I guess uh, exactly. calibrated. That's the, that's what we need. Yes, but it's, it could be, it could be a pipe dream. Right this word. could be an absolute pipe dream. I don't know if it's going to happen, but hey ho! Some reflections on a Friday night. Drew, thanks so much. <laughs> Niall, have a safe journey home, my friend. Thanks so much. Uh, look forward to seeing you, Niall. I think next month or ne- or the month after. Uh, we look look forward to seeing you soon. Precision, yeah, about the good old precision. All right, lovely. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, guys. Good night, guys. Have a great evening, Thank guys. You. Safe journey. Bye, bye. Bye, Patricia Rati. I'm Jazz Galati. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. I kind of said that now because I forgot to to. to say my usual intro at the beginning uh, super 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 busy month there's a lot of lecturing I'm doing I'm doing my first ever full day on occlusion I mean the amount of uh, hard work I've done you know, early mornings late nights to put this all together to tell stories to, to build in lots of cases and stuff so I'm doing this with Mahmoud Ibrahim for the Khanna Dental Academy in Milton Keynes so uh, life has been uh, quite a whirlwind at the moment so I'm so sorry if I haven't replied to any um, Instagram messages Facebook messages emails and whatnot. it's been uh, super hectic but it's, it's all fun and games and it's the kind of thing I love to do. So thanks for bearing with me. The episodes will be coming thick and fast once I finish this little uh, educational uh, interruption, if you like. Uh, And then we'll get back to the more heavy clinical episodes, which I know you truly love. Thanks again for listening all the way to the end. And thank you also to all those guys who tuned into live and then reached out and said, hey, I want to help you to set up this this sort of witch of dental education, this trust pilot of dental education. And I think the way I'm going to leave it is we've had to think about it and it's super difficult to, to actually set this up and to make it truly fair to educators and also valuable for, for potential delegates. So uh, I'm having a meeting with Niall, face-to-face meeting, I think end of this month, uh, to have a chat about how we can truly make this work. But uh, watch this space and I'll keep you guys posted. The app is coming soon. I just somehow need to find a spare five hours where I can just finalize everything and release the app for you guys to enjoy. So good things coming very soon, but just bear with me. Thanks so much. And I'll catch you in the next one.